0: Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University, and we're back. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week, we talk about how to love ourselves, others and a higher nature, how to improve our finances, career, health, relationships, and spirituality. And we have a very special guest today, uh, Sean Kanan, which I ran into at the LA Times Book Festival recently, and uh, he agreed to be on the show. Uh, Sean is an actor, producer, and author, well-known for his portrayals of Mike Barnes, the bad boy of karate in Karate Kid Part 3, Cobra Kai. Uh, He's also been on a lot of different shows, The Bold and the Beautiful, Young and the Restless. He starred and created an enemy-winning TV show called Studio City as well. He lost 35 pounds, which I think he'll tell us about that. And also, he's the author of several books, including uh, The Success Factor X and his newest ones, The Way of the Cobra, and Welcome to the, the Kumite, which are very fascinating books. We're going to get into these guys today. Welcome, Sean, to the show.
1: Thank you, Doctor. It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: Yes. Now, you have a fascinating backstory. And when I was reading your book, uh, you said you came from a place in Pennsylvania out here to be an actor, and uh, the Karate Kid movies were something that you really wanted to get into. And you said you uh, trained, I think, with the, um, the body double of Pat Morita, who was the um, sensei. Of the yeah. Movie. Uh,
1: sensei Fumio Demura, who unfortunately we just lost him oh, sorry, uh, about a week ago. He just I passed see. away. I
0: see. And then uh, you went to this uh, ca- casting call, I think it was for the, the role of Matt Barnes. And I Break think you buttons, said, because, yeah. yeah, because you thought you, you knew this guy, they would immediately get you in there. But no, you had to stand with another thousand people or something, or kids, to do the role, I yeah. was to get an audition. And then I think you said you had to be an intimidating bully, so you intimidated the director first. This is something like, yeah. I got a knife or something in the kitchen. I'm going to get you. <laughs> and then you intimidated uh, the uh, Daniel um, actor. Um, what's his name? Larusso. Yeah, Ralph Macchio. Yeah, Larusso. And you said something like, "Ki ai." And then he said, "Get him away from me," or something <laughs> like that. And then apparently uh, you didn't get the part initially. Someone else got it, but then you got it at the end. And then everything's going great. You're going to Vegas, I guess, to celebrate at 22 years of age. And then you start bleeding in your stomach. Your blood pressure drops, and you have a life-threatening emergency.
1: Yeah. Christmas Day in 1988, I uh, found myself in an enviable position of being in the emergency room at Humana Sunrise Hospital in Las Vegas. uh, And I was being told that I was bleeding to death, and they had to operate on me. And I thought that meant maybe Monday, and they meant in fifteen minutes. Wow. and um, it was, and still remains probably the the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to fight my way back into this life, and then from there I had to fight my way to stay in uh, in the film. yes, and you know i I used that autobiographical story to illustrate uh, some of the uh, strategies and lessons and philosophy. That I discuss in uh, "Way the Cobra,"
0: definitely. And what I like about it is the idea of resiliency and you know, moving you know, despite the obstacles. And I think they said they were going to replace you if you couldn't get back healthy enough. Mm. You said you got mad, you got angry, and it kind of motivated you to get in shape. And you actually came back and did a great job as the the Barnes and the. Yeah, well, you you
1: you know that that having having a really strong why can be a tremendous you know, catalyst to to accomplishing anything. And, uh, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I, I got really pissed off. I got angry. I was like, Mm -hmm. look, I've come this far. This isn't fair. Uh, and, and I used that sort of sense of righteous indignation and outrage to become my why and to propel me to, uh, you know, getting out of the bed the first day and second day walking around the hospital floor and the third day walking around five times. And, uh, having them discharge me, uh, I don't know if like five or six days after the surgery against medical advice. And I, I went to my grandparents' home to rest up for about a week. And then I started working out with, uh, an NFL, uh, lineman who trained me and got me back in shape. And I, I ultimately wound up doing all of my own martial arts stunts in
0: the film. It's amazing. Now, um, I want to get into your books uh, quite a bit, but I know a lot sure. of people ask you about the show. I think I asked you about it. You said you can't really confirm or deny you'll be on it. But let's say that theoretically, what's the motivation of, of, of Barnes now? He's coming back. He's, he's a furniture salesman, uh, life. And then I think you were promised uh, 50% of the Cobra Kai. If I remember. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you didn't get it. Um,
1: you know, I, 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 think, I think a lot of his motivation is to, uh, it's a, a bit of, uh, he's looking for some absolution, I think. You know, if I had to guess, I mean, he was not a great guy at 17, but, you know, are right. yes. not too many people that you can write off for the rest of their lives sure. at 17 years old. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that, um, you know, it talks about Mike Barnes getting married and his mm-hmm. father-in-law helping him get into this furniture business and him turning his life around. Mm-hmm. And then Terry Silver burns it to the ground. So I think now if I had to guess, and I, I don't know what what if anything uh there lies in the future for mike barnes but i think it would be a combination of absolution and redemption and also payback
0: payback hey, interesting now some theory came up that uh, mike barnes wanted to go his own way and kind of get the the uh the thing back the cobra kai uh by himself or i don't know if he wants to join teams with uh you know la russo well the i don't guys. know
1: you know when we when we where we find Mike Barnes at the end of season five of Cobra Kai right. is that he's become kind of an unlikely member of, uh, you know, this, uh, this four person band mm-hmm. with, uh, Daniel Russo and chosen right. and Johnny Lawrence, all these guys that, you know, just would never probably right. interact and get along. Right. And yet, you know, the enemy, what is it? The enemy of my enemy, enemy is, my, is friend. my friend or exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I I think that, you know, Mike is a guy that was a a 10th degree black belt. He was a national martial arts tournament champion. Yes. And uh, I think he probably has uh, definitely something to bring to the party. I think so.
0: Now, one of the characters that fascinates me is this guy, Terry Silver. Yeah. Uh, I think, what's his name? Thomas Ian or something like that. Thomas Uh, Griffith. Yes, Griffith. And uh, the idea that he said he, uh, now that he's older, he said he found clarity. He went through therapy. He's having a pretty good life, and then um, the uh, sensei, Kreese, comes in his life to kind of re-trigger something in his mind where there's trauma or, I don't know, search for power. So how do you see this Terry Silver character uh, in terms of his mindset? What happened to him, basically?
1: Well, I I think that Terry Silver is a very shrewd, very dangerous, Hmm. very smart and powerful individual who is also terribly flawed and damaged and do you think he's a sociopath
0: because um, in your book you classify soci- sociopaths yeah without a, without
1: a doubt I do uh, without yeah. a doubt I think he's a sociopath if not see. a
0: psychopath is there any redeeming qualities to him i mean directly you know even well yeah it's-
1: sure he's got he's 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 charming yes. you know he's superficially charming and glib right. which is a hallmark of sociopathy <laughs> yeah. um you know he he has what appears to be very uh, limited compassion and care for anyone else, mm. uh, but he does have some good qualities. I mean, he's mm. single-minded in what his pursuits are. He's right. uh, an extremely good businessman. Mm. Um, you know, he's a guy that's able to see the big picture and uh, do what's necessary with ruthlessness to get there. Um, you know, in in the right hands, some of those are very good qualities. In the wrong hands, you get someone like Terry Silver.
0: It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's very really fascinating. I like the psychological components to that, and mm. uh, and also the, some of these actors and yourself, you did a great job uh, with the uh, anger, I think, and the redemption part of it in the in your scenes. Uh, now, I'm thinking of the actors themselves. Now you know these people, perhaps. Uh, what would be like a couple words to describe the actual person, not not, not the actor? Uh, I mean the, the the actual person. For example, yes. um, the Johnny Lawrence actor, William Zappa
1: oh you know what's really funny is i was just texting with him about 10 minutes ago uh billy's a fantastic guy i've known billy since about 1988 wow he is
0: uh he's a great uh, comedic actor i didn't realize he's yeah
1: i I, I was just gonna say billy's extremely funny okay Uh, he's a terrific actor uh Mm -hmm. but he's very very funny in real life and he's a guy that you know you talk about a guy you'd want to go a beer with i mean billy's a guy that you know i i you know, I really enjoy hanging out with Billy. But I have to tell you, it's it's the same with uh, Yuji Okamoto. Yuji's a Yuji's a wonderful guy who plays Chosen.
0: Um, Ralph is a wonderful guy. Um, what be a, a word for Ralph? Because he's got this youthful face. He's like sixty years old or something. He looks very young. I think I think, I
1: think Ralph's very authentic. Uh. Um, you know, Ralph is is a guy that has been worldwide famous for decades, but. During the course of that, you know, there's times when you're, you've got ups, there's times when you have downs. And I think that, um, you know, he's, he's a, from, from what I can tell, a very level headed guy, a family man, um, you know, he, he doesn't seem like he's a guy that's propelled by ego. Um, I think he's really pleasantly, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but you know, he, he, he's. Not in disbelief, but I mean, I think he just has been like, wow, isn't this amazing that after all these years, this yes. character that I portrayed yes. at a young age right. has all of this relevance now, mm-hmm. and it's, it's actually even bigger than it ever was. And, you know, it couldn't happen to a nicer
0: guy. Yeah, I think the word legacy comes to mind, where you create yeah. that the last far beyond you. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and,
1: you know, from kind of from a business standpoint, you know, Ralph has provided so many people with um uh, a livelihood from being the karate kid you know right. uh sure. you know cobra kai is a huge operation with with tons yeah. of people that it employs and you know it 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 all kind of starts and stops with ralph
0: yes i see how about uh, martin cove the crease character how's I mean, I he's, love, a, I love, he's in great shape for his age by the way it's amazing i love martin cove uh
1: i actually have known marty about as long as i've known billy Okay. Um, I I really kind of look at Marty like an uncle. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's a terrific guy. Um, he's not at all like his character since oh, no. okay. um, um
0: How about Silver? Is know, Silver like the same? Is he nice or what's he like? Yeah,
1: I mean, of course he's not like. Of course he's not like.
0: They're <laughs> not social. Silver, you know.
1: Uh, Thomas is a great guy. He's been married okay. to the same woman for decades. Oh, I mean, he's nice. a he's a, a very talented writer, right. uh, network writer. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it seems like the bad guys are very villains, often some of the nicest guys, the guy, yeah. but you know, Marty Marty and I um have done a play together, oh. um, uh, we, we did True West together. I've been a yeah. guest on his podcast, he's okay. been a guest on a podcast that I had, so sure, I, I've had a long standing relationship with him over the
0: decades. That's awesome, yeah, that's great to have that. Now, in terms of the, the, the Cobra, I know you're talking about uh, well, Cobra Kai and also Cobra in general. Uh, one thing that comes up a lot is bullying. I know you're Big on that, helping people uh, overcome that. And you said you were bullied. I think you said in third grade. was. Uh, well, so what's your uh, transitional from bully to cobra?
1: Well, you know, I, I grew up in uh, uh, a town in Western Pennsylvania. It was kind of a, you know, kind of a tough steel town. Mm. Um, and I found myself the target of bullies when I was younger. And, um, you know, I eventually got into martial arts. And, um, you know, that had a profound impact. Change on my life. Um, But I never forgot what it was like to be bullied. And, um, you know, as soon as I had the opportunity to get involved with, uh, you know, the anti bullying movement, I wanted to do that. I'm one of the uh, uh, international youth ambassadors for Buddha Bullying, which is a 501c3 where Hmm. we go into elementary schools and high schools and, you know, facilitate a dialogue with kids about bullying. Um, You asked what the difference between uh, going from being bullied to Cobra, you know, Cobra is an acronym It's formed from mm-hmm. the words, character, optimization, balance, respect, and abundance. Yes. And, you know, a, a Cobra is somebody that is, um, living their most authentic life, their best life, mm-hmm. operating at the highest level and being the most self-aware, kind, you know, empathetic, strong, confident person they can be. That's what I aspire to be. Yes. Um, and, and, and do my best to achieve it. I, fall short sometimes like we all do but um and what's great is you know when I go and I talk to these kids in school I usually preface my speech by showing a clip of Mike Barnes terrorizing Daniel Russo (laughs) and I say to the kids now would you believe that that scary guy used to get bullied and they're like no way no way and and it gives me kind of a conduit to reach them and, and talk to them
0: that's very nice. Yeah, so you have kind of a background that helps you reach these people now. So mm-hmm. the way of the uh, the cobra, and you talk about these elements. You said the acronyms. Uh, so when you talk about character, the essence of the person, uh, treating other people when there's nothing for you to gain. I think that's a mm-hmm. nice uh, phrase to look at it. Yeah. Uh, you talk about optimization uh, and also dealing with uh, prioritizing things. Otherwise, things will take over. Emergencies will take over.
1: Yeah, you know, optimization is making the best decision in the moment when you must make a decision yes. with the information that you have. And right. I guess the, the, the best way that I could highlight that is there's a great quote. I'm probably going to butcher it, but by uh, general George S. Patton, who said a good plan today, executed, uh, executed with violent intent is better than an excellent plan tomorrow. Mm. And I, you know, I, I really do pride myself on being an individual who takes action. And I think a lot of times people get paralyzed mm. In searching for perfect. Mm. And a lot of times things don't need to be perfect. It's better to do them good and get them done yes. than a- allow the search for perfection to become a paralytic.
0: I've seen that. Yeah. I think Napoleon was well known for that. He would just take immediate action in some of his strategy, military strategy. Right. Uh, and I think it is important because we do uh, get into the perfectionism paralysis mindset. Uh, so yep. it's important. Now, you also talk about the other one is balance. Uh, the mm. B word, and that has to do with, um, I guess, having a balanced life. Uh, neither there's too much self denial or too much self indulgence. Right. Uh, for example, on a diet, you know, maybe you have a cheat day once in a while, but you keep a strict diet, exercise, right. uh, maybe take a day off, kind of thing. Because you know, in the um, in the Eastern approach, you know, there's ascetics who uh, it's total self denial, right? They mm-hmm. don't eat, they don't uh, do anything, and then um, the other person you know, indulges in all that. So you're, you're looking for the middle way, the middle path, right? Which is
1: exactly the middle path. I mean, you know, I. I- I say in the book, what good is it if you're a multimillionaire, if you have to work 100 hours a week and neglect your family and the people that you love, and those relationships wind up uh, withering on the vine? I mean, you know, life is messy. And creating a life that's balanced is an art form. And there are times when you find yourself putting more energy into one aspect of your life than another. But if you do it in a calculated way, for instance, you look at a young couple that decides they want to own a home before they're thirty. Yeah. Well, they may have to say, "Look, we're both going to work jobs, and it is going to reduce the amount of time that we can spend together." But if you do it with the calculated understanding that it's not going to be forever, and it's to accomplish a goal which is going to facilitate, um, you know, greater happiness for the rest of their life, your life, then you know it, that's not being out of balance. But I think. You know, Mr. Miyagi said it best that you know you know balance is ah. balance is so important to yes. having a life of meaningful happiness.
0: Exactly, and I, I mentioned to you I studied Kempo Karate and a few martial arts, and uh, you right. know the concept of the uh, Hara is yeah. the point to blow your navel. So you, when you sit in a horse stance, you balance uh, your energy there. It's very hard to push you yeah. off balance when you're yeah uh, you yeah. know you visualize yourself in that in that very strong stance, yeah. uh, and that's important. Now the other thing is um, abundance. Yes, and that's actually very beautiful. Actually, respect for I think you mentioned respect, right? Respecting yourself and others. Respect uh,
1: yourself. Respect others. You know, people yes. generally will decide how they're going to treat you mm. by observing how you treat yourself. Yes, very important. And you know, I, I try to be very careful with the words I use with myself. I believe yes. words, have meaning, thoughts have meaning. And you know, I'm I'm pretty careful with what I allow other people. Uh, the kind of words to use around me, uh, you know, negativity, things like that. Right. And I try and be respectful of, of, of everyone as, as, as best I can.
0: Yes. Makes sense. And of course, abundance, and this is something, I think you said you're reading my book, uh, the three secrets of happiness, which talks about uh, things like optimism, yeah. gratitude,
1: yes. you know, gratitude.
0: So uh, those are the three ways. Uh, yeah. And also it, forgiveness it, I mentioned in, in the book. Yeah. And, and, you,
1: you, you know, there's, it, you know, uh, I don't think either of us are reinventing the wheel with our books. There are certain things that are simply true, but it's the repackaging and the messenger that's delivering it. That sometimes is the one that resonates with the reader. And, you know, you may resonate with somebody that I'm not able to, and I might, uh, that you might not be able to, and it doesn't matter, but there are certain things that are, you know, rules of the universe and things that are, truisms that it takes to become a successful human being yes. and you'll find them in almost every culture you know you look at christianity that says that which you reap socially you sow you look at buddhism which says the law of cause and effect what you put out there you get back i mean there are certain things that are said in different ways but it's really the same message
0: it makes sense yeah now when i wrote your when i read your second book um welcome to the comité this is actually very uh, fascinating because you combine a lot of different philosophies, psychology, even spirituality. So yeah. I was really impressed by the depth. Thank you. Of what you're talking about, and also you're very candid about yourself, your life, mm-hmm. and things that you've gone through. Yeah. Uh, and of course, kumite refers to sparring. You know, for example, uh, in the martial arts, and also you mentioned the the inner sparring, right, that we have with ourselves. Right. Um, in our own negative thought processes. and things. Yeah.
1: Like that. Like, uh, you know, kumite also refers to an epic battle. And the the tagline, if you will, for Welcome to the Kumite is conquer your greatest opponent, which of course is yourself. Yes. How do you do that? Well, you do that by emerging every day as a better, wiser, kinder, more self-aware individual yes. than you were yesterday, hopefully. And you know, we don't always achieve it, but it's in the pursuit of achieving it and, and staying on the path that is what I believe makes the journey worthwhile and ultimately you know, gets us to the goal, which is being, you know, uh, a truly authentic person, yes. um, you know, uh, a- able to communicate and resonate with, with other people from a place of respect. And, you know, life's funny. It's, it, when you achieve one goal, as soon as you achieve that, and you, you take the briefest of moments to savor that, you got to start on the next journey.
0: Otherwise, you become complacent. That's true. And the other thing you talk about, this is kind of nice, is, is you have to choose your hard. Right. You say, For example, marriage is hard, but so is divorce. Yes. Working out is hard, but so is being overweight. Yes. And uh, I, I use a phrase like, uh, you can choose a little bit of pleasure now in a lifetime of pain, or right. a little pain now in a lifetime of pleasure. So right. that's kind of an interesting uh, dynamic here.
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, it it involves self-discipline and self-discipline is the difference between what you want now and what you really want.
0: Ah. And,
1: you know, it's it's in those moments of, I don't know if self-denial is the right word or sacrifice, but there is a certain aspect of that, that we grow, we toughen. Yes. And we learn to appreciate and, and have gratitude for what we have, mm-hmm. because you understand what it took to get there. You know, I'm sure you've heard the analogy that success is like an iceberg. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody sees when, you know, the, the, you know, the shiny brilliance of success is sticking out of the water, mm-hmm. but, you know, icebergs are, are four or five times, uh, longer down below the water, and it's comprised of the sacrifice and the struggle and the, the quote-unquote failures and all of that sort of stuff. But truly, that's what makes the success worthwhile.
0: Definitely, yeah. You know, like uh, when kids learn, mar- I always recommend kids learning martial arts uh, for the self. This, you know, for the psychological components. Yeah, I even use it in my therapy practice as well. Uh, a lot of these techniques, you know, martial arts, I, even I Aikido, yeah. which is joining the the energy of the person and then reacting to yeah. them.
1: Yeah, you know, there's a there's a great lesson from my keto too, which is is you know sometimes if you feel like you're swimming against the stream in the universe, you know, you're, you're not getting the results you want. You, you need to take the uh, I call it the surrender strategy, hmm. where you need to kind of know when it's time to give into the universe instead hmm. of fighting the energy, give right. into it, yes. and sometimes that's the path to success.
0: Exactly. So the dial, you know, flowing with the uh, with the resistance. Now, the hard part for a lot of people, though, is breaking the, the bad habits and addictions. Uh, attachment, yeah. you call it attachment to destructive pleasure, where, yes. uh, where there's uh, eating or eating or drinking. Now, you said you did have an um, issue with uh, drinking. Were you drinking I too did. much at one time?
1: I did. Yeah, I did uh, for a long time. And I, I, I couldn't, you know, I could, I could deal with it for long periods of time that it just continued to rear its ugly head. And,
0: Mm -hmm. um, were you you partying or just a general drinking for other reasons? uh, I I was, I was, you know, I I like
1: to drink, you know, I don't know know what the name I would give it is, but you know, I decided that if I was going to put this book out, that I need to live my life, uh, in accordance with what I was saying, because uh, I I couldn't abide being a hypocrite Mm -hmm. and a fraud. Mm -hmm. And so I completely changed my life. I, uh, Mm -hmm. I quit drinking and I, you know, and and really once I did that, so many other pieces of my life fell into place that every single day, Mm -hmm. it it just seems like something new and wonderful is happening.
0: That's wonderful. You also mentioned you're kind of a chubby kid. (laughs) Let's say I have a, I have a big sandwich here for you. Do you want to eat it right now, Sean? (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) uh, You call it? Is it the hoagie? Is that the term for it? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like a a huge sandwich, you know. (laughs) Jersey Mike's. Yeah. Oh, oh, Jersey Um, Mike. Oh, that's your favorite.
0: Oh, okay. That's the
1: Uh, other thing. So how do
0: you do that? Because you lost the thirty-five pounds. Did you cut out all the carbs? The Jersey Mike stuff. No, you know, I uh,
1: I decided that this was going to become a lifestyle, and I don't diet, and I don't count calories. Mm -hmm. Um, I I am careful with what I eat but I don't restrict myself. I I fast twice a week. Um, I don't drink alcohol. Uh, I try my best to avoid processed food, Um, you know, pasta, rice, Corn, things like that. Is that a
0: 24 hour fast where you just drink water or is it? Uh, the
1: longest fast I do is probably around 20 hours. I do one that's 20 hours and I do one that's 16 hours.
0: If you kind of eat the next day, but not the one day or something.
1: Yeah. And, you know, eight hours of it you're sleeping. And yeah. so it's basically like, you know, from after dinner until about three o'clock the next hmm. two or three o'clock the next afternoon. And what's funny is the hardest part is at night when you're in bed. You know, uh, you wake up in the morning and I have black coffee and then. I'm not even hungry. I mean, I could, I could keep going into the evening, but I just eat something because, Mm -hmm. you know, I I know at some point I need to, Mm -hmm. but um, I I cook a lot. I I prepare a lot of my own food Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of it is making good decisions. You know, I I do meal prep so that I have healthy, good food choices around the house. Mm -hmm. Um, Try not to keep crap in the house. Um, And uh, you know, I, I, I'm fortunate that I'm able to have a personal trainer. Uh, and, you know, still work out, uh, training in martial arts and, you know, at 56, I'm fighting the good fight. <laughs>
0: That's good. Now in terms of the drinking, um, I know there's a 12 step program. You also mentioned something called functional imagery training. Do you, what did you use to get uh, the, aquarium? you know,
1: I, I, I really tried everything and I just couldn't do it. And I'll be really honest. Um, I, I started praying oh, and Perfect. I, I, really, I asked, I asked the Lord to remove me from the burden of this. Mm. And. It didn't work for a while, a good while, but I kept praying. And um, I, one day, I remember having my last drink, and I had to go on a trip. And it was a place that I would have normally drank a lot. I was staying in a casino for three
0: oh, days, Vegas or something.
1: And I didn't drink, and I felt really good. And then I just kept going. And now it's funny. Uh, I'm going to be at that same casino for. An event in July, Mm -hmm. and that will mark uh, a couple years Mm -hmm. that I haven't drank. And and like I said, my life life has never been better, more exciting. Yes, Um, I'm I'm very blessed.
0: Some people can't even get one drink and may trigger. Can you have one drink, or you just totally abstain?
1: Can I? No, I don't. I don't. I don't drink at all. I mean, could could I have one drink if I wanted to? Yeah, probably. Okay. I probably could, but it's a little like Russian roulette. I could probably do it, right. you know, five times. Uh, okay. But then it's that six time ball, when it becomes a disaster. I see you're and I'm, 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 i First of all, the biggest thing for me is that the compulsion, ah. the the desire, has been lifted.
0: Oh, that's the power. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's it's not just sort of holding on, white knuckling it. You know, kind of like I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. Yes. It's 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 been lifted for me, and I couldn't do it myself. And I can only attribute it to yes. to God
0: Almighty. It's a blessing. Now you mentioned a lot of interesting concepts in your book, uh, including uh, what's called Dharma, which uh, we yes. see it like a duty or calling, conformity to your true nature. In Latin culture, we call it Don Divino, which means a gift from God. Your Don, ah, people are great at uh, writing, teaching, maybe taking care of uh, right. family members. Uh, acting in your case, perhaps. Uh, so how do you help people find that don divino or that dharma in their life? And some people resist it. You know, they're either afraid of it in some different ways. They don't think they can be good enough for it. Uh, how well, the, universe, journey
1: with that? I, the universe, I believe, will keep trying to tell you what your dharma is. You know, the Buddhists say a sun's dharma, the sun's dharma is to shine. A bell's dharma is to ring. Mm. It's it just your dharma is what it is. And, you know, a, a really good way to get in touch with what your dharma is, if you haven't found it, is... What is it that brings you joy in life? Mm-hmm. Do you find that you're, you're always walking around singing? Do you love to write in a journal? Definitely. Do, you, do you find that you love helping people? And you're always somebody that's of service. Um, you know, and, and you might find that what it is that brings you joy is closely akin to what your dharma is. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know somebody that is always um, interested in helping other people, maybe somebody who it's their dharma to be a teacher. Um, You know, musicians and actors, I think, figure out their dharma very quickly. But, um, um, you know, things like dreams, things like, I don't know, uh, you know, people call it coincidence, serendipity, things like that. But things that keep reappearing in your life, I believe, tend to be messages from the universe, because I believe the universe wants you to be on the path to reaching your highest self. And in order to reach your highest self, you really want to find your dharma because that's when you're in alignment with the universe. And, you know, a a lot of people, you know, can do things and even be successful, not following their dharma. But I believe there's always going to be a a certain X X factor missing, Mm. you know, something where you feel that you're truly in harmony and doing what you're meant to do. And I, I feel like I found that. And you know I, I thought that really it was to be an actor, but as I've gone along in my journey, I've realized that it's to inspire people and that acting is only one conduit to doing that, that I can do it through my writing and my speaking and my coaching. And I believe that that's my dharma. And so I guess when you really distill that down, it's a, a bit of my is to be a teacher.
0: It seems like it is. I mean, from what I've seen it from you, you love psychology, philosophy, maybe spirituality. You have kind of um, this higher nature idea to help people, which is really. I do.
1: I I like to help people because I've been helped a great deal in this life. Uh, And and I believe that it's uh, incumbent on those of us that have been helped to help others find their way.
0: Definitely. And it releases a lot of the internet outwardly. Now, I'm going to tell you a little something, and uh, tell me if you know what this refers to. Uh, I come to you with only karate, empty hands. Yeah. I have no weapons. Yes. Should I be forced to defend myself, my principles, or my honor? Should it be a matter of life or death, or right or wrong, here are my weapons, karate, empty hands. Yes. It's the creed of karate. Creed of karate, right? And the code, right? And you do talk about codes. Yes. Uh, In your book, you mentioned bushido, uh, certain Mm -hmm. things that are important to the Japanese warriors. Uh, righteousness, integrity, and justice, and then you have your own Sean's uh, uh, cre- uh, creed, I guess you call it. I,
1: I do. I do have my own.
0: And you talking about uh, things like? Uh, I think it's. Uh, you know, I think it's.
1: it's I, I think it's important that you know what it is that you stand for, right? And um you know, for me, the, the first, you know, the first uh, part of my code is that I will not compromise my character yes. because I believe honestly that character is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it is the most important determinant of success and happiness and you know there there are times you have to do things to maintain your character that might be difficult and uncomfortable Mm. but the knowledge that you maintain your character is something that leads to meaningful happiness Mm. you may be temporarily uncomfortable but you can still be a meaningfully happy person.
0: What do you say to the people pleasers, you know, the people that want others to like them and be appreciated and they may sacrifice their character. How do they stand firm in what they believe in? Well, I think the first thing
1: is you have to know who you are before you, I mean, you know, if, if, if you're simply bouncing around like a ping, like a, a, a pinball, constantly trying to please different people as a way of fitting in um, it's really a way of externalizing um, the journey of finding out who you are you know it's a way of keeping the spotlight off yourself and you know if i can just interact and make other people happy i don't have to really look at my my Mm. so to speak you know what i mean and and the thing is you know wherever you go there you are and uh, uh whatever issues you have if you don't deal with the internal issues and obstacles that you have, they will always stay with you and you can find temporary external success and fleeting ephemeral happiness, but you're not going to find real happiness. Mm. The way to do that is to figure out who you are. And then when you do that and when you please yourself, you're going to find that that in itself will be pleasing to others. You don't have to please them by doing things for them and giving in, in, in a false way.
0: That yeah, that's makes very, very powerful. And I think that's part of what you wrote in the book. You talk about personal inventory uh, yeah. and looking at yourself. And uh, actually, I see a person here. Maybe you can recognize this individual. There's someone here that is impatient, impulsive, <laughs> angry, resilient, loyal, honest, kind, and also uh, decisive. Who could? That yeah, be? I
1: think I know that guy.
0: You, don't, you don't know that guy or you don't know that guy?
1: <laughs> well, I thought it was only fair that if I told you what I thought my best qualities are. Okay. That, that, that if, I, if I fessed up and, and right. enumerated my worst qualities.
0: What's really canon like? I said, you're really... Well, this book. I think, look,
1: doctor, I think it's important that, you know, I'm writing a book where I'm um, elevating my position, my, myself to the position of being a sensei or a teacher. And right. I, I, I think that the only way to connect with my audience is to show them, that I'm willing to be vulnerable and honest in my shortcomings and that, you know, I'm not, um, you know, that I'm not preaching to them that I'm just another guy trying to figure it out. And right. I figured out a couple things. And if I can share those things, I'd like to do it, but I'm certainly not levitating three feet above the ground, you know, uh, by my hut in Kathmandu. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm just another guy trying to figure it out like everybody else.
0: Sure. But that's nice, though. I like the hum- humbleness, is important. You know, humbleness, like I said, kindness and confidence at the same time. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic where you have both of mm-hmm. those. And you also talk about interesting laws, <clears throat> one of which is polarity. And you say that uh, when you see one thing, you see the other. So when you see bad, there can be good. Or if you're in, in lack, you can find abundance. So that's kind right. of an interesting, interesting concept as well. Well, you
1: know, most people look at things as opposites like hot is the opposite of cold, but they're both elements uh, of the same constant, which is temperature, you know? Um, um, So, so everything has a polarity, a yin and a yang. Right. And if you find that you're in a place in your life where you're experiencing um, what you believe to be unhappiness or, um, uh, lack or things like that, the law of polarity stipulates that there is always the possibility of you experiencing the exact opposite. Then it's up to you to attract it. How do we attract it? Yes. Well, that's where the law of vibration comes in. You know, everything vibrates the subatomic level, right. and only with magnets do opposites attract. In the universe, like attracts like. So if you go around saying, ah, I'm broke, I can't make any money and you're acting like you live in scarcity, well, you're vibrating at that, that, that sort of scarcity sensibility and the universe thinks you want more of it. And so it gives you more. But if you say, Hey, you know what? I don't have everything I want, but God, I got, I I got a, I got a beautiful wife who loves me and I got a family and I got my health. You know what? I got a lot of stuff. I'm living in gratitude. And when you do that, the universe says, well, here's a guy that's living in gratitude. And who's not living in scarcity, he's living in abundance, and the world and the universe gives you more abundance. I have seen this happen in my own life. I have, I, I have been blessed with more and more and more, and I'm convinced it's because you know, I do my level best to yes. always operate from a place of gratitude living in the present.
0: That's very powerful. And also, I think you mentioned the law of transmutation, and also what I call reversal. Because many times we have very strong energy that we direct against ourselves. But if we reverse right. that, we can direct it outwardly and attract, like you said, the wonderful things. And I work a lot with, uh, let's say, people who are shy or single or even lonely. And what I tell them is that instead of focusing on that, find the loneliest person in the room and talk to them or the shyest yeah. person. So yeah. now you're reversing your energy outwardly. And oftentimes you will attract yeah. positive things to come back to you as a result. Absolutely. You, know, you don't I, I, to think of yourself as lonely. You think of yourself as loving.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I believe the quickest way to sort of get out of feeling badly for yourself and, you know, right. unhappy is to be of service. Um, I, I think, you know, go out and do something for someone else with no agenda and no expectation of getting anything back. Just do it to be good and kind and of service. And, you know, the, the best way to feel esteem, self-esteem, is to do estimable acts. Hmm. And you know the the I I I've, I've always found in my How do you find
0: estimable? How do you define estimable? What's the term that you
1: Um helping where help is needed, being of service, being kind, um you know, treating other people with dignity and respect, um helping other people to be heard. Yeah. Um you know, and, and not doing it because you're getting accolades or any kind of applause right. or anything. Right. Um, and when you put that out into the universe, um, I believe it's rewarded and and it isn't always rewarded material with material, uh, things. I think it's rewarded with a sense of feeling good about yourself and confidence and self-esteem and, you know, and, and that's, that's one of the most important gifts that we can have because so many people mm-hmm. who have all sorts of things, walk around feeling really rotten inside. It's
0: mm-hmm. a good point, yeah, because we're lacking the love. And I, I talk about extending loving energy without expectation. Right. So the idea of being like the sun, you know, the sun shines on everyone. Some people yes. don't like the sun and they cover up, but the sun doesn't get mad or take it personal. It keeps shining. No, the and sun so- just
1: shines. It's like yeah. universal law. Listen, yes. the universe isn't fair. It isn't unfair. It just is. You know, it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't favor anyone. It, you know, you, you hear the laws of the universe.
0: Definitely. Now, the other thing is, uh, I like these laws because they really are very powerful. Uh, the law of rhythm. Uh, there's a time for sadness, a time for joy and that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, and I'm thinking of like with single people or people that come out of a divorce or a bad relationship. Maybe there's a time they need to be single, you know, take yeah. care of themselves, love themselves. Yes. And there's another time to maybe find another person. And I'm kind of curious, did you go through that? I mean, you've been married to a very talented woman. Is this your first or second? Uh, wife? This is my second marriage. Okay. Um, did you go through a transitional phase as well?
1: I did go through a transitional phase and it was very difficult. But I, I think that regarding the rhythm, um, I'll give you an example. I, I knew that when I stopped drinking, that there was going to be a period of, of sort of reacclimation right. and probably changing some friends mm. and you know th- things in some ways became more difficult before they became easier but i understood that this was the rhythm of the change mm. and that if i didn't fight it and gave into it mm. i just did the next right thing i understood that the pendulum would swing the other way which it has
0: interesting point yeah because There's initial that emptiness and then you want to fill it with that stuff you used to do that was not good for you, but right you have to have a little bit of patience to wait yeah sure the good things come, right, to fill that. That's the idea. Uh and of course you also mentioned even Kaizen, the, the continuous improvement. They call it the Toyota. Yes. So, <laughs> so you're covering a lot of topics here. So basically a little bit improvement, continual improvement is you want to Yeah,
1: hear. yeah. For those people that don't know what Kaizen is, it was um it was a bit a Japanese business philosophy that was made Famous by a guy named Edwards Deming and actually General Douglas MacArthur uh, when they were trying to rebuild the Japanese industrial system after World War II. And what they found was that slow, incremental, and constant uh, improvement was more effective than um, sort of dramatic uh, grip-it-and-rip-it strategies. You know, it's, it's, it's basically, you know, take a lesson from the tortoise, not the hare. Right. And, you know, it's one of those deals you can equate it to weight loss. You know, you can do everything right and you don't see any change the first five days and it's 10 days later and, you know, you're not really seeing a change. And all of a sudden you go out one day and people go, my God, you've lost a lot of weight. You look terrific. Right. And it's just staying in the process and staying out of the results.
0: Right. So, you know, maybe working out 15, 20 minutes and then increasing your workout. Yes. You start to feel yeah. better, motivated. Yes. Half, the, half the problem is getting to the gym, you know, half the, half the work. Exactly. So psychologically, once you're in there. Exactly. Uh, now, the other thing I noticed, uh, I read somewhere that you are, was raised Jewish. Uh, do you have any spiritual beliefs that kind of um, inform your work? That kind of. Um,
1: well, you? yeah, I was, uh, you know, I was, I, I am Jewish. I, I was bar mitzvahed and, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's had a, a definite effect on my life. Uh, there's a a lot of really wonderful things that I like about Judaism, but I, I I do, as I said, I believe that there are certain, certain things that are absolutes and, and you, you can find them in, in any major religion, religion or not in religion. And so, um, you know, for me, I I hate when people use that expression. Well, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Hmm. Uh, But, you know, I, I really, I, I sort of, pick and choose from a lot of different philosophies and your theologies and things like that. Yes.
0: I think it's great. I mean, people have different concepts, but you know, the universal, I believe is love is one of the universal yeah. uh, highest levels of, of uh, human beings and loving yourself, others and the higher nature, which we yes. people call it God or they call it spirit or different yeah. things. Uh, now, these are a couple of interesting questions for you. Uh, number one, if you could tweet a phrase to the world, what would that be? You're enough. Ah, interesting. Okay. And that tell us about what that means. Well, I think that
1: people people are always trying to be seen for who they really are, Mm -hmm. you know? And in doing that, there's the propensity to push and to be overly demonstrative, either emotionally or with your actions or whatever to, to, to show the world who you are. Yes. And the fact of the matter is that, you know, you're enough without pushing, mm. you know, try, listen to, you know, listen to the music mm. of your heart, listen to, you know, uh, th- this, this song that your soul plays, and that's enough to share with the world. Mm. And, and, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of pressure off you. Like, you know, if you, if you don't have to push and say, look at me, look at me,
0: Right. Um, Impressing people, trying to win their favor. Yeah. That's extremely powerful, yeah, because I know a lot of people, the pushing part, I can see that. Uh, so it's more of a flowing with it kind of thing, being your truest nature, right, and extending it. Right, properly.
1: right. Yeah, just, just demonstrating to the world your authentic self, and that's enough.
0: Beautiful. Uh, now, how about, uh, you know, they have all these superheroes these days. Is there one that you either love or, or maybe one you can even create? Uh, what superhero would you want to be or create? Yeah. I, I kind of I like Thor a lot. I oh, be Thor. Used to have yeah, some, he's got a, the long I'm hair. Like I used to have it.
1: Right? <laughs> I like Thor.
0: Yeah. He had a little comedic uh, element to him in the last movie. Did you see that one?
1: He, he does, yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan.
0: What do you like about his – I mean, he's powerful or, I don't know, he's loyal. He's powerful,
1: but I, I, I think that he's a guy that – you hmm. know, he's a god. And, hmm. and he's used to everything going his way. And, right. you know, when he meets uh, the, the Earth woman – uh, like all men, he yeah. instantly is thrust into an arena where you're either going to adopt some humility
0: yeah.
1: and some compromise or you're going to be a very unhappy guy. Right, right, and I, right. I, like, I like the, I don't know if metaphor is the right word, but here's this guy that is the, you know, he's, he's perfection, he's a God, he's powerful. And right. yet, you know what, he's still just a guy trying to figure it out when it right. comes to women and, yes, and when right. it comes to other people.
0: Right, exactly. He's putty in her hands, maybe, right? If it's yeah, on that exactly. That's wonderful, uh, John. Well, you yeah, know, it's been a, a tremendous pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you, Dr. Uh, there's A lot of uh, interesting depth, and uh, I think uh, compassion is coming from you, uh, kind of Thank a love you. for people. Uh, well, I, do I,
1: as, as do you, you know, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk like this. And as wonderful as it was seeing you at the book festival, you know, this is a lot more intimate, and, um, you know, we can hear each other a little better and connect. Yes. And, and, and that's what I'm about. and I, I hope that we have the opportunity at some point uh, to do this again. and I'm very excited about finishing your book. I was waiting for about half an hour this morning and uh, I'll probably finish. happiness. Yes it's, it, This is a wonderful book. It really is you know it's a it's a small, thin book, but the information yes. in it
0: yes. is mountainous. Thank you. That's very nice. The three secrets of happiness. But well, we all need those secrets, right? Because happiness yes, is the ultimate thing. Yes, now, where can people hear more about your books and your things? Do you have websites? Do you do coaching? What yeah, uh, I programs? do
1: coaching. Actually, uh, uh, I'm going to be offering two uh, coaching sessions this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to SeanCannon.actor or you can follow me on uh, Instagram at Sean.Cannon or Twitter at SeanCannon.
0: Sean Kanan, And how do you spell Sean Kanan for those that need the spelling?
1: S-E-A-N-K-A-N-A-N. Or you can go to wayofthecobra.com. Fantastic. Sounds All amazing. right. Well, Sean, this Thanks, has been a- doctor. Take care play. of yourself. We'll talk again.
0: It's been a pleasure. Until next time, this is Dr. Alex Amila. So that was a great interview live at the Los Angeles Book Festival at USC. We had an amazing time, and this is a great opportunity to interview these wonderful authors and people that have a message that's going to help others. So, Love University students, if you want to be on the show in the future, or if you have a show idea and want to comment on today's show, you can reach us at 310-226-8090. You can write to us at loveuniversitylove at gmail.com. You can visit us at loveuniversity.love. You can also download the podcast on Podbeam, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Love University Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Love Podcast. And you can also go to our YouTube channel, Love University. So until next time, this is Dr. Alex Avila. It's time to put away your notebooks, your iPads, your phones. And class is now dismissed. Love yourself, others, and a higher nature. Until next time.